them in the case. Floyd Rebell with Voice of the Martyrs Canada says if the Supreme Court decides that the Bible contains hate speech, it could ban the word of God. Ask the Lord to intervene in this case and pray his word will persevere. Hopes for the future dim as Israel and Lebanon exchange more rocket fire. Art for Lebanon is keeping hope alive for 1,200 young students in Lebanon's poorest neighborhoods where extremist groups often exploit and recruit young people. Through Heart for Lebanon, at-risk children receive an education and the gospel. Ultimately, Heart for Lebanon's goal is to raise up the next generation to follow Jesus. Learn more at missionnews.org, a service of One Way Ministries. I'm Dot Morris. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. Welcome to the Mercy Minute from mercyships.org. Pastor Bill was excited to send Mercy Ships the church's donation of $4,130.02. Had someone really given two cents? When Pastor Bill was preaching one Sunday, a small girl came up to him and handed him a penny. He received it, but wasn't sure why she was giving it to him. After the service, he was told that the little girl found the penny on the floor and asked what to do with it. The woman sitting next to her told her to give it to the pastor, so she did. Later, Pastor Bill found the little girl and told her that he would send the penny to Mercy Ships, and she smiled. He showed her pictures of another little girl named Umu who had received free surgery on board a Mercy Ship and explained how her penny would help others like Umu. But if she gave one penny, why did the donation include two cents? A member in the congregation offered to match all donations, and the little girl's penny became two. When we are willing to give whatever we have, God often multiplies it. Browse to mercyships.org. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey folks, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes and Doug McCary coming to you live on this Tuesday afternoon. We're glad you have tuned in. And uh, as always, we will have our phone lines open. You can call in. You can email us. We love to chat it up. And uh, it is good to be here. Douglas, how you doing, brother? New Hampshire Tuesday. I know. I (laughs) Man, I am. I I think I told you as you walked in. I'm. I am burning the candle at both ends. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I hate that term. Yeah. Uh, we've all been there, but it's like this week is. You know, we've got the chamber thing coming up. Doctor Moeller's going to be our guest uh, there. I was teaching this morning. I'm going to teach on Friday morning. I know you're teaching tomorrow. Goodness gracious. And, yeah. And, uh, and plus, uh, I have to kind of fit work in there somehow. Yeah, I was hoping to get. Uh, dr moeller to be on on thursday he was not able to work it out but we have zach terry who is the pastor out at first at amelia island first right? baptist first fernandina first yes. baptist and uh zach's going to be our guest on thursday and zach if you may hey, remember, can, I come, can i come in and hang out with you guys you can <laughs> uh, you got to remember that uh, uh back when October 7th happened. He was over in Israel. He was. And yeah. so uh, we're going to ask him about that. Boy, that is that it's just crazy. They they lost uh, about 20 soldiers over there yesterday. They had something happen. It was kind of a it, it was uh, Israeli. Yeah. Soldier. Yeah. IDF guys that uh, they got mm. caught up. And then two Navy SEALs died uh, either that. yesterday or the day before. Um, I think they were announced 
dead. Yeah, yeah, they fell overboard. Yeah. They, they they've been missing, um, and uh, we we want to remember those guys. Um, you know, that's. Uh, I mean, it's it's just really uh, it's it's part of serving in the military. Things happen like that, and uh, there was a raid off the Somalia coast uh, where they were a part of. You know, and you don't even hear about it. You don't even think about that, do you? Nobody's <clears throat> thinking about a raid off no. the Somalia coast. Right, um, right. And, um, you know, one of the guys was a Texas Tech graduate. Was and, he really? Yeah. And, um, you know, but these these two guys, one of them fell. The other guy went after him, apparently, uh, off the uh, – it was a nighttime mission. Uh, they were going to seize uh, – uh, a vessel that had been illegal, illegally transporting weapons to supply the Houthis over in Yemen. And uh, I, I think they've been missing for about 10 days. But um, it's tragic. The, uh, Navy <clears throat> Special Warfare Operator Second Class Nathan Gage Ingram and Special Warfare Operator First Class Christopher J. Chambers. Uh, remember them, uh, their families. And, uh, you know, thank, thank you men, uh, posthumously for your service that you were willing to lay it. They made the ultimate yeah. sacrifice. No, you're right. You know, this was not a peacetime training mission, although those things happen as well. This was, they were doing an operational exercise out there to try to limit loss of life in other places. Yeah. And so, um, please, uh, remember the families of the Ingram of Ingram Nathan Ingram and uh, Christopher Chambers uh in your prayers as well as the IDF soldiers I, I don't have their names the 20 20 plus soldiers died oh and one thing and it was unexpected and and so it lets you go right now I think it's up to like 211 IDF soldiers have died uh and that's not counting all the people that died on October 7th but Continue to remember uh, uh, the leadership over there. Pray for the peace of Israel. You know, I, I'm still amazed that when I, I turn on the news sometimes, Brad, I see these people protesting. In fact, right here in Jacksonville, I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, uh, a couple of days ago, they had a guy who was a pro-Palestinian protester grabbed a megaphone from a counter-protester that was there protesting on behalf of Israel. Hmm. And... Uh, popped her in the face with it and then pulled a gun uh and uh, fortunately fdle agents were there undercover they were able to draw down on him he good. dropped his gun but uh <clears throat> right here in jacksonville good like <laughs> pro-palestinian like any anybody pro hamas i don't i don't i don't understand that i don't either uh there's a lot there's a lot in the world today i don't i don't understand well that's true you know uh but you know the the thing is uh if you look at our world um you know the uh the like we know we talk about the new hampshire primary and and people say you know that uh they don't trust elections i get it i i don't trust them either right now but there's only seven countries in the world that have a democratic claim (laughs) uh or i mean that don't claim to be democratic saudi arabia <clears throat> oman the uae qatar Brunei, afghanistan and the vatican 
I mean, other than that, everybody hmm. claims to have some form of a democratic process in electing their leaders. But, um, <laughs> you know, Winston Churchill said democracy is the worst form of government except all those other forms that have been tried from time to time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> yeah exactly. uh, and so you got all these people voting up in New Hampshire to vote in the primary, which helps nominate the GOP candidate for president. And, um, and then you'll have the conventions. Um, but, uh, you know, back in 2020, Brad, I didn't even realize this 2,300 people across this country ran for Congress. 2,300. Is that right? Yeah. 2,300 people ran in the different races across the country. And, um, you know, um, many people, when they, they want to be a part of a solution, they believe in their values. And I, I believe in biblical values. And, you know, when you look at, at the leaders that are out there, um, it doesn't matter so much to me if he has an R or a D if he has biblical values. But the truth is, if somebody's going to go in and not be able to do anything, you you know, you have to, we all have a responsibility to vote and we're, we're really going to try to stay away from some of the politics that we've gotten into before, except to say it is a stewardship. We live in a mm-hmm. country where we have the freedom to vote. Yeah. If you're listening, you need to vote. Uh, don't, don't say, you know, well, I don't trust it. You cast your vote. Let God determine the rest of it. Yeah. You know, you yeah. go and vote your conscience. You go and vote what you feel led to vote. Um, well, I think uh, the other thing, Doug, and I maybe <laughs> open confession time, you know, so, so often we were talking about this yesterday about the, the amount of information that we have access to and what you're, what what is it that we are um, reading, listening to, watching? You know, you think about when you and I were. In fact, you you I think you mentioned it yesterday in 1980, 1981. Uh, I think cable TV had just kind of started about that time. Do you remember that? When when was that? I yeah. think it was like in 1980 or 1981. Yeah, when cable first kind of came out. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I, you know what I remember? I remember MTV. Oh, yeah, that was one of the first things I remember, uh, too, being But, different. you know, prior to that, you had three TV stations. Yeah. You had um, one, was it UHF or something like that? I can't remember. Like, for us in Houston, I think it was Channel 39. You just had a limited amount of information. And, and really, even then, you had more than you needed. Mm-hmm. But today, that has ramped up probably a 1,000% since then. And, uh-huh. and what what it is and the information that we get. And so I was just even sharing this with a guy at lunch that, you know, y- your mind is going to be renewed somewhere today. Hmm. And when, when the Bible says that we're not to be conformed to this world, we're to be transformed. How? Well, it says by the renewing of our mind. Hmm. So y- you're going to be conformed today somewhere. Yeah. It's just a matter of what you're going to allow to shape your mind. What are you going to feed your mind with? And I find myself, Doug, sometimes, and I, I listen to podcasts. I listen to a fair amount of political stuff just because I do want to stay up. But it's kind of like the, my, my weather my weather uh, channel story. How much of it do we really need? Mm-hmm. Um, because if it's, 
if I'm spending more time listening to political podcasts than I am spending time in prayer or spending time in the Word or spending time with other brothers in Christ, it's probably not a good thing. <laughs> well, it's interesting just thinking about the timeline of, of cable television um, and you think about um, churches, you think about how uh, I, I remember going through the Aero Leadership Program and they showed a living room um, and what it was like. Uh, and then they showed a living room after television and what it was like. Everything was gathered around the, t- like all the seating was yeah. kind of gathered. And even churches look more like an auditorium or a theater today than they do like they originally mm-hmm. looked where there was right. there was somebody who stood up who read but there was a there was a, a, a dialoguing that went on and so but just going back to your cable thing this is surprising brad that cable uh television uh really was in came into being in 1948 really Yes. The FCC put a freeze on new towers from 48 to 52. And in 56, they ruled it doesn't have no jurisdiction. So they started uh, allowing in. There was 850,000 cable subscribers in 1962. Uh, So just under a million. Mm. Um, That's crazy. I didn't even know that. But deregulation started in 72. HBO launched in 72. Uh, it was the first satellite transmitted cable by 1980, which is the time you're thinking of. There were over 80, or I'm sorry, 16 million cable subscribers, but now there's over 280 cable networks across the country, and now cable is kind of being replaced almost by digital technology oh, totally. and um, and people streaming like. You know, Fubu and, mm-hmm. uh, and Hulu, Hulu yeah. and Zuzu, <laughs> all these things. <laughs> so anyway, but um, yeah, the, but you know, as you think about technology, technology is not evil in and of itself. It is a tool. It's neutral, right? And it can be used for good, and it can be used for bad. The same technology that can stream pornography can stream a church service. Yeah to somebody um, who may not be able to get out for whatever reason. So, and it wouldn't be carried necessarily. You can do a podcast in your home. You don't have to pay cable fees. You don't have to pay Mm -hmm. anybody to have the airtime. So there's a lot of benefits to technology too. The thing is, are we going to be governed by biblical values, both in the presentation and the application of these different technologies? Yeah. And we've got options. Um, and too many options, to be honest. And I think there's the, the element of spiritual discipline and learning to make good choices and wise decisions is uh, vital uh, in our spiritual maturity. Don't, don't you want to just go back sometimes to the three channel days? 100%. <laughs> I mean, I would absolutely love that. And uh, anyway, I might have fear of missing out FOMO or something, <laughs> yeah. but uh, glad you tuned in this afternoon. We're going to take a quick break if you want to call us you can call us at 844-777-7928 844-777-7928 you can also email us any questions or comments you might have as we work through the uh, mark chapter two and uh, you can email us at ask at swat stay tuned we'll be right back
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in St. Augustine at 91.9. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed, for the good Lord has come. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon. Glad you tuned in. January 23rd, and we are this week in Mark chapter 2. And uh, if you've been hanging with us, you're... Uh, you're getting a mouthful you're getting an earful and uh, we're going to be working through mark chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 this week if you are not uh involved in the swat uh bible study swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and uh, in fact i was sharing with a guy this morning about swat how how it all kind of came about and it really started uh, as a just a small Bible study out at the beach, out at Angie's uh, Sub that that grew, and then uh, another one. Somebody, I think y'all wanted to do it in another part of town, so went over to that part of town. Then, but uh, fast forward a few several years, five five different studies that happen around the city. We're all studying the same mm-hmm. text. Um, really cool to see even what's happened with the Thursday morning group that uh meets at jumping jack's house of food here at uh here in at, uh, butler and and phillips highway area but mm-hmm. to, to see some other guys step up and start teaching it's kind of cool but if you're not involved in one of our studies go to swatradio.com click on the meetings tab and come join us in person mm-hmm. get started tomorrow and y'all are in a new place out at the beach correct? yes we are at the ymca out there off landrum road and so um would love for you to join us. You are welcome to join us out there. It is a great group, and um, you know we're we're already busting out of there, but it's okay. We were at Woody's, but now we've changed. And so appreciate the YMCA out there on Landham Road. It's a good Y. Charlie is the director out there, and he is he does a good job. Can he so, come to the studies? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Charlie's yeah. a good guy. Good. So, and Riley, I don't, have you ever met Riley? Mm-mm. Riley works at the Y and he's been coming to the, the SWATs for a while. He's a good guy too. So really appreciate Riley. Cool. So Cool. Well, you, I do want to just make a quick plug because obviously Thursdays are guest Thursday and you're going to have a good friend of mine, Zach Terry, Pastor yeah. Zach Terry. That's uh, right. First Baptist Fernandina, which you were, we were talking about there in the uh, intro, just about how he he had a group, I don't know how many people were with him, I think 50-plus uh, people who were with him over in Israel during the uh, the, during the uh, October 7th events, and then obviously they got back. But I had been texting with him while he was over there, and I think generally speaking, they felt fairly safe. Hmm. 
but I think it was getting back was the challenge. I'm I'm interested to have you interview him and talk to him. He is a great guy, solid, solid guy. Yeah, he really is. He I enjoy talking to him on the phone and look forward to hearing about his time in Israel and what what uh, else is going on. And uh, he he went to Southern, didn't he? He did. He did go to Southern Seminary. And uh, yeah. yeah, in he, fact, I met. <laughs> It's interesting. Sometimes you get to know somebody so well, you kind of forget how you got introduced. I got introduced to Zach Terry by our good mm-hmm. friend Ben Goldsmith, who's with mm-hmm. Campus Crusade or Crew, uh, back early in COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a Bible study. I did a study with uh, Zach, Zach and myself, and I don't know, half a dozen other guys. And uh, didn't didn't even. It was a Zoom kind of Bible study that we did. And somewhere in the middle, I don't know, maybe our tenth or twelfth study. We're on this Zoom call, and I don't know, we get talking about it. Here, here's the funny thing. You'll bring this up when you talk to him on Thursday. Um, I made a statement on this call we were having about Tommy Nelson. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, not a lot of people know who Tommy is. I mean, and uh, all of a sudden I get this text while I'm on this Bible study, and it's Zach. And he says, how do you know Tommy Nelson? <laughs> I said, man, I've been listening to Tommy Nelson for 40 years. And uh, he is so Zach is a big Tommy Nelson guy. So you'll enjoy know, that. I, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. How, is, how, yeah. how did he connect with you him? You know, I don't know how he, he doesn't know Tommy. Uh, well, we're going to uh, find out how he knows yeah, him. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's one good thing. We can ask questions oh, yeah, and, and yeah. get to know. But you, you guys listening, you're going you're gonna to be in for a treat. Zach's a great guy. Well, um, if you are just tuning in to SWAT Radio in Virginia, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, out west, wherever, uh, we have been in the book of Mark since last September. We started in chapter one. And remember, Mark is giving us a, an account of the life of Jesus from the perspective of Peter, many believe. And uh, he wrote it to encourage the Christians in Rome who were being persecuted. And he starts off in verse 1 with the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That word gospel you will see over and over and over. And it is the word euangelion, which means um, a new life embracing the rule and reign of Jesus. That's uh, it, it is, we, we hammered that thing, beat that horse to death. <laughs> Uh, really since last May, uh, but the, the, the word euangelion translates for you and me, good news announcement, you think gospel, but it is, um, it would have meant to those people, they would have heard a new king is crowned, a new king is born, or a king has won a great military victory. And all three of those apply to Jesus as he, uh, defeated sin that, that, that is, uh, worth announcing it was and, and the writers knew what they were saying when they said that and so we've been working through we worked through chapter one uh over the last semester and we started off uh last week looking at or this week on the radio looking at um this guy uh, or um being healed who was a paralytic and you know brad i'm getting ready to teach on levi tomorrow uh at the the swat study but in all three uh, gospel accounts where you read about the paralytic levi follows in every one 
and and the paralytic always follows the leper and mm-hmm. and i told Lori last night that's what tommy nelson calls a landmark when you see the same thing with if it's more than one thing in in the gospels there's there's a point being made there there's something happening there and if you want to hear you got to come to swat tomorrow or listen <laughs> next week on the radio but it's really uh it's really amazing when you see how mark outlines it and as you're studying through it sometimes it's kind of like the difference between looking brad at a forest from a distance right you see kind of a general picture of it everything blends together but when you start walking closer in it you start to pick up oh wow i didn't see that or wow Mm -hmm. i didn't see that and you start to things start to come out that's what it's like teaching through the text verse yeah. by verse yeah. going into it going oh man because so often we do you know we, oh. we just get that big picture view of the text and i'm seeing things i'm going wow i've never thought about that i've been reading the bible so many years i was thinking how many times have you and i gotten together and said that exact thing i've been studying the bible for 40 years never seen that i was Actually, interesting, I, I shared that this morning, is that, you know, you and I have had these discussions over the years about this idea that uh, Andy Stanley up in in Atlanta says, you know, we need to unhitch from the Old Testament. And, you know, the Old Wrong. Testament the Old Wrong. Testament isn't preached, <laughs> it isn't taught, and, and quite frankly, even when it is, it's very skimmed over. It, yeah. it, there's, we're not plumbing the depths of it. And I was... I was thinking about the fact that, you know, Paul tells us to examine the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you. I don't like going to the doctor, but if I make the effort to go to the doctor, I don't want him to just glance at me. Well, I uh, want an examination. Well, yeah. And well, in the, in the scriptures, he was talking about examining was the Old Testament. He, exactly. they, they didn't even have the New Testament, exactly. like all collected yet. But, you know, um, as I was just thinking as I'm working through uh, what we're going to teach tomorrow on Levi, how these things fit together, and they do fit together. The Spirit has arranged them in such a way that each writer, writing independently as humans, but collectively as Spirit-led, mm-hmm. as Peter says, and so... We're going to see how in this text this week, Mark 2, 1 through 12, that God reveals in Jesus a Messiah that prioritizes divine truth. We talked about that yesterday, um, that, that Jesus didn't just come to heal. In fact, that was not his priority. His priority was teaching the word because it's through the preaching and teaching of the word that the the people respond they respond to that not to the healing but to the teaching and preaching of the word we're going to see that uh he's a messiah that prompts divine faith this is not human faith and this is why you can never convert anybody through reasoning you you can share with them logically things about the bible to make them think but until the holy spirit pulls the veil off if it's just human created, it's like uh, 
What's the verse saying? Unless God builds a house, a man who labors builds mm-hmm. it. Same with sharing the gospel. Right. Unless God is the one sharing and, and drawing, then you're, you're, you know, it's in vain. So we're going to see that uh, today. And also uh, how this uh, Messiah provides divine mercy. I mean, for him to say what he said, son, your sins are forgiven is amazing. I I, I think we, we blow right over that exactly. so many times. That is one of the most <clears throat> profound things. And this is early on in his ministry. Too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to see how him just doing that provokes demonic opposition. Satan hates it when God enables man to be forgiven he hates it when man is attracted to god he wants to do everything in his power to get man off of god and complaining that's why if we have a bitter spirit if you're a believer and you've got a bitter spirit you you are you are making the enemy happy Mm -hmm. he is pleased with that yeah yeah and that's why jesus had such strong words for those who were forgiven but would not forgive. That's why he said those things, because demonic opposition is always seeking to antagonize, to bring up bitterness and those kind of things. And then um, he also is a Messiah we saw who uh, possesses divine power. You, you can't make a paralytic be able to just jump up and walk. And then finally, he produces divine praise. So when we come back, we're going to hone in on verses 3 and 4 and 5 today uh, as we look at uh, this Messiah, Jesus, who is the divine Messiah. He was, you know, he wasn't a false Messiah. There were a lot of false Messiahs, but Jesus was the one. You and I believe it, but we see evidence, and we're going to talk about that uh, today in the text. Amen. Glad you tuned in this afternoon. You want to call? Love to hear from you, 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. And uh, you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com if you have any questions or comments. Love to get those. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. I'm John Scott. Donald Trump is the GOP candidate to beat today in the nation's first in-the-nation primary at New Hampshire. After cruising to victory in last week's Iowa caucuses, the former president leads Nikki Haley in New Hampshire polls by double digits. Trump's hoping to knock Haley out of the race, while the former ambassador and governor is seeking an upset victory. It's a two-person contest in the Republican primary following the recent departures by Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy. What else corresponded Greg Cluxton? St. Anselm College political scientist Chris Galdery says there are usually a lot more candidates in the New Hampshire primary. You have a front runner, you have a challenger, you have a uh, scrappy, uh, motivated candidate who's pushing for third, you know, a couple folks hoping for for miracles. Um, And now we don't just have fewer candidates with DeSantis out. We've really just got Trump and Haley and that's it. Political scientist Chris Galdiri. Also at SRNews.com, military affairs analyst, retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis tells the Salem Radio Network, the U.S. current response to the Houthis' attack 
doesn't make sense economically. It's costing us a bundle. You know, we're using weapon systems against primitive um, rockets and drones that are costing us many, many millions of dollars. McGinnis says a better, albeit temporary, solution would be to control movement through the Red Sea by positioning forces to quickly counter Houthi Iranian air attacks. McGinnis says a U.S. ground assault into Yemen would be like going back into Afghanistan, which must be avoided. Earnings reporting season for big U.S. companies underway. Stocks are now mixed. The Dow is down 135 points, but the NASDAQ is up nine. This is SRN News. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. There's major delays in St. John's County because of a vehicle on fire on I-95 southbound before State Road 207. Also, there's a crash on the West Beltway 295 southbound between the Buckman Bridge and San Jose Boulevard. And there's congestion I-95 southbound approaching Emerson Street. Cloudy tonight, low 62. Wednesday, partly sunny, high 77. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be all right. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in this afternoon. By the way, Doug, did you see Jeremy slipped in over here? I did. Look at him. Jeremy, uh, we're glad <laughs> you're here. I was like, uh, I was like, I thought I saw him when we walked in. By the way, if you uh, listen to SWAT or have been listening for the last, I don't know, year or so, Jeremy has been our guy, and uh, he is a great producer. We love having Jeremy, and he keeps us out of trouble most of the time. Uh, we, we, we're, we, no, he, we're, he doesn't keep us out of trouble. Yeah. We're working with Jeremy on trying to, we're, we're actually hoping to have some kind of video capability down the road. We, we don't know when, but we're working. Brad and I have fought against it, but it's, it looks like it's coming. Uh, so we're well, going to have to, as they say, we have good faces for radio. I will not put on makeup. <clears throat> Ever. Yeah, no. No, no, no makeup. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Jeremy would do that to us. Anyway, uh <laughs> hey, we're so glad you joined us uh for today. We are in Mark chapter two. Brad, would you read just two one through five? Today? Yeah, absolutely. We're in Mark chapter two, beginning in verse one, and when 
When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. That, that These are the words of God. And that word right there. I told the guys at SWAT last week that to hear that phrase from Messiah, I mean, like like if I could have been alive to live when he lived, to just see him would have been amazing. But to have him look into your face and say, child, your sins are forgiven. That, that, mm-hmm. that, that. You know, that, that is like a bridegroom looking into his bride on wedding day saying, I love you right there. That, yeah. that, like, that, that had to have made that guy want to get up and jump even though he was mm-hmm. paralyzed. Mm-hmm. To hear that, I mean, it had to have gone through because yeah. his whole life he had been told probably, you're, you're this way because of your sin or you, you did something to anger God. That's what they believed. Yeah. And so he couldn't go anywhere. He was a paralyzed guy. And, you know, we talked yesterday about how the, the text starts off, you read it, it, that he starts off, he's preaching or teaching the word to them. We talked about the word there is logos. He is that word, and it was his priority. But that word going out prompts divine faith. And these desperate men with their friend who's desperate, brought him to him, these four men, because this guy could do nothing for himself. And this guy is a great spiritual analogy for you and me. You and I are spiritually paralyzed. We are blind. We are mute. We are deaf regarding divine truth. On our own, we can't do anything. And you know, Brad, for the longest time growing up, and I believe you probably experienced this too, we believed we had something to do with it. Like we believed that apart from him doing it, we could Mm. on our own kind of generate some kind of faith. And it's through these kind of things. You see, this is why it's such a good analogy. This man could do nothing. He could do nothing. And, and these four men brought him. And by the way, Alfred Edersheim, who's a great, writer he, i think he lived back into the early 1900s but he he wrote a, a sketches of jewish social life and really had a good insight to a lot of things going on he says that the four men symbolize the four corners of the world for north south east and west we mm. are that that guy symbolized the the spiritually dead who are Christ. Their names are written in the book of life, but they can't do anything because they're dead in their trespasses. And these men bring him, these four corners of the world are bringing people to Jesus. And, and what did it, what is it? The crowd was keeping them out. And I, I mentioned this yesterday about how self-seeking and selfish they were that this guy's trying to get in, his four friends are trying to get him in and 
nobody would let him in. And isn't that just like the world? The world doesn't want you to get into mm-hmm. Jesus. One, it brings conviction to them. Like, like uh, you know, they, the just in a modern sense, you know, today, the world doesn't want you to follow Jesus. The world wants you to be with them. Mm. Isn't that true? Well, and I was thinking, I told you when I came into the studio today, we were talking about the value of having people in your life, in particular this story, which, by the way, is not a parable. This happened. This yeah, actually this, happened. This was not a parable. That's right. This this paralytic had four men who loved him enough and also four men who had equal faith that he had. Well, yeah, they they, they had the faith and and their faith was demonstrated because they were made unclean by being with this guy by t- by by putting him on this thing. Mm-hmm. This guy was not clean. He was considered cursed. Yeah. He was considered somebody who was not allowed to go in the temple, not allowed to go in the synagogue. And these men risked that alienation to bring him to Jesus. It, it, you're, you're right, Brad. It, 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 it shows a great faith. But it, it says, you read it, um, that, you know, um, in verse 5, it says, and Jesus saw. He saw their faith. How did he see it? Well, they had to remove the roof, and that was no easy task. I mean, it's not. I mean, it wasn't just pulling a few shingles. Right. It was a layer of a beam, a, a wood beam. Then it was uh, um, branches, and then it was a layer of mud, and then it was tiled on top of that. Yeah. So they had to dig through that and let him down. He and he had to be wondering and this wasn't even their house this was somebody else's house they're doing this to that's a bold audacious faith isn't yeah it? well and that's that's what comes to my mind is the, you know i think the faith has to be evident in your life well is it more evident than four dudes climbing up onto a roof with their friend who can't walk tearing off the roof and then somehow lowering him down i mean that's four guys who love this man. That's four guys who who have faith to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Yeah, it says he saw their yeah. faith. How do you see faith? Well, it's evident. It, it's the action, right? Yeah. It is the resulting yeah. action. Yeah. And that's why it's so difficult sometimes when people say, well, I'm a person of faith. What does James say? You say you have faith, show me your faith. Yeah. You know, show me your faith. And and people say, well, you're adding works to salvation. No, it's just that true faith always produces action. Yeah. Faith is, you, you can't divorce faith from action. It can't be, you can't say I have faith and have no action. Yeah. Even the thief on the cross, he, he had action. Faith right? produces works. Faith produces action. I love what... Uh, a. a. Hodge says faith must have adequate evidence, mm-hmm. else it is mere superstition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, th- so so this mes- Jesus as Messiah, uh, not just prioritized divine truth or prompted divine faith, he provides divine mercy. It says when he saw their faith, he looked him in the face. There he says, "Son, 
or child is the word in, in the in the Greek, your sins are forgiven. He proclaimed this man forgiven of his sins. This is the first proclamation of someone's forgiveness. I mean, he, you know, what did he say to the woman uh, at the well? He says, he, she said, he told me everything I did. Mm-hmm. Here he says, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. That is something that only God could do. So by making that statement, he's saying, I'm God. I mean, no other no other servant of God would forgive sins like that. And like in the Old Testament, Moses, you know, um, uh, Elijah, they 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 didn't have the authority to forgive sins. Yeah. Jesus did. Yeah. He said, "Your sins are forgiven." And you know that that is the greatest personal benefit we receive from Jesus that no other religious leader in history has offered forgiveness. I don't want to derail the conversation here, but I want to just throw something out. It just came to my my mind. Maybe other people are thinking about it. Nowhere it's mentioned here in this text that this man came in confession of his sin. No. 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 So what, what, I mean, obviously he all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He is a sinful man. But it's interesting that he doesn't immediately heal the guy. He immediately deals with what's inside this man, you know, the, the sinful heart. Because that's where it starts. Yeah, right. It starts with, hey, you're mine. Yeah. Now go live like you're mine. <laughs> right? Love it. That When he says your sins are forgiven, he's saying you're my guy. Yeah. Well, now, he uses the word child. Yeah. Son, you know, good, good, uh, yeah. All right. Does that challenge you enough? Yeah. Glad you tuned in. Call us 844-777-7928. 844-777-SWAT. Email us at ask at SWATradio.com. We'll love to take your calls. Look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network. Listen in Jacksonville at 91.7. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. All those people. Go- 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio, and uh, we are already in our last segment. Love to take your calls if you want to give us a buzz, 844-777-7928. You can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com. I I like what uh, Tim Carter uh, texted us just a little while ago. He said, uh, I like that in verse 2, it says he preached the word to them. And I like this. He says, the question is, what else is there to preach? <laughs> yeah. well, Isn't that the truth? Well, though? yeah, that it, it is. And and he also <clears throat> made the statement that uh, a lot of people are preaching a lot of things other than the word. Today. Amen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I want to make one quick comment and uh, read a couple of verses real quick. And then uh, I want to go back to what you said, because I think it's a great observation about Jesus forgiving the man without a With, acknowledgement. Well, there's nothing here. Now, uh, granted, we're, we're limited. We don't get all the dialogue, yeah, right. but we get what the Holy Spirit wanted mm-hmm. us to see. So I, I do think it, it's interesting, and it carries over into this week, even as we look at Levi. Yeah. And um, and so, but I want to go back to this idea about how uh, Jesus is a Messiah that provides divine mercy. It says. First of all, he did see their faith, right? He saw that. Mm -hmm. And so it's impossible for anybody to come to God unless God draws them. You can't. Man doesn't do that. No, Jesus said in John 6, no one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. All right, so we know um, and, and Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So God has to open up eyes, but he saw their faith. And when it says he saw their faith, uh, because of what he said to him, it appears that it's not just his faith of being healed. It's the fact that he was coming to him. A lot of people came to him to be healed, but it says he saw their faith. Jesus didn't necessarily care about faith in healing, faith in making, you know, doing the superficial or the temporary. The faith that he desired to see was the faith in him as the Son of God, him as Messiah. And so I said before the break, what's the greatest personal benefit we get that no other religion gives? That's forgiveness, right? Um, Most religions, whether it's uh, Islam, whether it's Buddhism, Confucianism, whatever, they teach morals, ethics, social uh, justice or responsibility, earthly peace, But our greatest need as a human is to be in right relationship with our divine creator. And heaven and hell are filled with sinners, both of them. The only difference is that the sinners in heaven are forgiven. I want to read what it says in Nehemiah 9 real quick, Brad. Um, If you look, uh, go to verse uh, 7 of Nehemiah 9. This is after the children of Israel had come back out of captivity and they were rebuilding the temple. And Nehemiah was leading them and he said, 
you are the Lord, the God who chose Abraham. Oops, sorry. Did I say that right? 917. Sorry, wrong one. Um, they, th He's talking about how they, I'll start with 16, but they and our fathers acted presumptuously and they stiffened their neck and they didn't obey your commands. They refused to obey. They were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them, but they stiffened their necks. They appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive. You are gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And you did not forsake them. This is the old Testament God. You, you hear Brad ever people say, well, the God of the old Testament is a God of wrath. The God of the new Testament is a God of mercy. Have you ever heard that many times? It's not true. It's, it's some kind of perversion of what people think God in the old Testament showed mercy over and over Isaiah 43, 25. He says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Okay, God is a great and merciful God, and he is the only one who can forgive sins. So when Jesus is saying that, he is saying, I am God. I mean, that's a bold proclamation. Mm -hmm. your sins are forgiven. <clears throat> and what do they do? It says in verse 6, they question in their hearts. They reason. They're there investigating. Who is this guy? Mm -hmm. Who is this guy? All these people are talking about the healings and everything. So he's talking about him, and they're there to investigate. And one of the things that happens anytime divine revelation confronts humans is it provokes human reasoning. Humans try to explain it. They try to uh, control it, right? But divine truth can't be um, can't be limited by humans. Divine truth is divine truth, but that's what progressive liberalism is. It's to bring God under the microscope of human reasoning, and so it says uh, in verse seven, "Why does he speak like that? Only God can forgive sins, because the Jews believed that the Messiah was great. They believed that he would be sent from God. They didn't know he was going to be God." And that really blew him. Remember Matthew 16 when Jesus said, who do people say that I am? Mm -hmm. And they say, well, some say John the Baptist, Elijah, uh, some say Jeremiah, some say the prophet. And he goes, who do you say? And Peter goes, you are Messiah, the son of the living God. And he goes, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, Peter. But the Jews believed the primary role of Messiah was, was to give them freedom from Rome and not spiritual regeneration. Um, they wanted to be fixed without repentance. I mean, they 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 never wanted. To. They just thought they they didn't think they needed it. Now this man, even though he didn't say anything, his coming to him with faith. You don't come to Messiah with faith <clears throat> right. with pride. Right. You come in a state of humility. You come in a state of of brokenness over your sin. I'm, I believe with all my heart that the whole idea of repentance, what we see with people confessing who are repenting is a result of the Holy Spirit revealing who they yeah. are to themselves yeah. and who he is to them. Yeah. And so it evokes a response post-regenerative. 
it's a it's a post regenerative response to the whole whole yeah because the reality is there has to be a regeneration there has to be a new heart Mm -hmm. that would move someone to do that yeah um i think of the man on the cross yeah i mean the man on the cross cross you know didn't confess his sins he just said remember me yeah well you remember what he said well he said remember me but he did confess after because he says we deserve this exactly yeah but it was after jesus said hey today you're going to be with me in paradise yeah he just said jesus remember me that was all he said no fancy prayer nothing yeah you know sometimes i just want to go through the tv to some of these people (laughs) they're saying you just got to pray this just say no you know where you are all he wants you to do is cry out to him and just he wants you to respond to his message some of you out there are watching some of you are listening to this broadcast right now and he's calling you he's already done a work in your heart because you know you need him you know you're sinful and you know without him you're you're doomed to eternal damnation and you want a relationship with him you want to be in the right relationship with him you want to be part of his kingdom and so there's no fancy prayer mm-hmm. you just tell him okay god i'm in with you i i want to be with you that's all the thief said yeah. i want to be with you I want to be with you, Jesus. What did this guy want? He wanted to be with Jesus. He he saw their faith. He wanted to be with Jesus. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about what we're going to look at this week at SWAT in the life of Levi, Levi was not with Jesus. He didn't come to him. Oh, he probably saw him, probably taxed him. Yeah. <laughs> but he's sitting and he goes and gets him. Yeah. That's a different story than oh, what absolutely. we've seen. We haven't seen anything like that so far. Well, we've we have made salvation such a formula, Doug. Yep. Do these four things and you're good. Yep. And uh and I think that kind of rocks people a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously this idea that he is God rocks them. Well, the same mm-hmm. idea that God chooses us rocks a lot of people mm-hmm. i was looking at that acts acts 13 where it says let it be known verse 38 let it be known to you therefore brothers that through this man forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you mm-hmm. and then verse 39 and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of moses mm-hmm. only christ only the messiah can bring freedom yeah and like um like peter preached there is no other name by which men can be saved it's jesus and so jesus here makes the proclamation he says your sins are forgiven he's saying i am god so if you're out there um doesn't matter what's been done in your life doesn't matter where you've been in your life and this is the scandal the scandal is that seems so wrong to us. <laughs> you mean I could have done this, this, and this? It, it doesn't matter what you've done. His grace is sufficient for anything. The thing is, he draws people 
God draws.